This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 142. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are now deep in the thick of this three-part series all about how to master your memory so that you can learn vocabulary, new words in the language that you're learning, and not forget them. It's really straightforward, not so simple to do in practice. Uh, We covered a lot in the last episode, in part one. If you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to that because um, it's gonna everything's going to make much more sense. Uh, So we're going to get straight into the second part today. But before we do that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, who are italki. And italki are a website where you can find teachers for whatever language that you're learning. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, then you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, I'm really, really happy to be doing this little series because memory is one of the things that I spend most of my time or a lot of my time thinking about. And because of my, because of the fact that I do learn languages on a daily basis, it's something that inevitably you you spend so much time thinking about, especially when you're at an early stage in a language. I've said before that when you're, until you get up to the kind of intermediate, strong intermediate level in a language, your main job, like the main thing you have to do is learn a ton of words, words and phrases, because nothing else matters if you don't have the basic vocabulary to communicate, right? And recently I've been working on this in Cantonese, but I've also had the experience of going back and learning German and Thai from scratch recently and seeing the kind of things that you have to put your brain through in order to remember words that sound very, very different across these different languages. So it's really, really, really cool. And hopefully, like the challenge for me is how do I take all this stuff that I learn myself, the lessons that I I learn in my own language learning, and communicate that in a way that is easy for you to understand so that you can kind of take it and, and then do something with it. So you can be the judge on how I do uh, with that, but it's it's great fun to do. Now, in the first episode, we talked about the first part of the art formula. And the art formula begins with A, which is attention. Now, I won't repeat that, all that stuff again. You, if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to the last episode. But today we're moving on to the next part, which is probably the most familiar part. I think most of you probably guessed what the R in art stands for. And of course, it is repetition. But there's a, it's, it's important to note that we didn't start with repetition. The A for attention comes first, and that is absolutely critical to the equation, and we'll see that in a, in a second. So why repetition? Well, your brain naturally forgets stuff, okay? It's normal, completely normal. And if you do find yourself forgetting things, welcome to the club. It's completely normal, and it's not a problem. So if you know that you will forget stuff, then the logical thing you have to do is simply plan to repeat that stuff and review that stuff plenty of times. Okay, it's a logical thing. So any sensible system that we've got for for memorizing words in the language that we're learning has to involve repetition. But I think repetition, because it's kind of the, the obvious thing to do in a way, it's I think it's something that I see people with a lot of misconceptions about. Now, what repetition is not is simply repeating stuff over and over again, hoping that it's going to stick. And I see people doing this with flashcards. I always remember in Japan, I used to see high school kids learning English and they would have these flashcards that they've made and they'd sit on the train, turning it over like 
one up like every second they turn it over like just, like like a, like a sledgehammer you know just over and over again just flipping the flashcard from one side to the next and this is empty meaningless repetition repetition in itself doesn't help you learn anything what repetition does is it helps you reinforce the associations you've already made and the meaning you've already given to the vocabulary okay so it's a very clear two-step process here first of all you've got to really think about dive into uh, examine the word that you want to learn try and create this association and meaning for yourself and after that then you have to come back to it you know a few times probably many times in order to make it stick but you can't have one without the other and if you've ever tried to kind of use flashcards before and re- just simply rely on the flashcard system to learn the word you will have noticed that it's it's unreliable and you might learn it in in the short term but then very quickly you know, within a few days, you will find that you've forgotten it again. And the reason is that you don't have a deep enough association. Okay. So step one is to really make the word meaningful for you. Step two is then to use a system of repetition to help you come back to it over and over again. So you need to have a system for repetition, but what can that system look like? Well, there's a few different, there's many different ways you can do it. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to describe the ways that I see people using repetition. I'm going to start with the most kind of natural, uncontrolled method of repetition, and then move on to the most specific techniques that you can employ. Okay, now the first most kind of natural system for repeating new new words that you want to learn is what you might call just mass input. So it's simply reading and listening and speaking. So, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts, speaking with people. It sounds like that's totally uncontrolled, but actually words that you learn will come back. They will be used again. It just might, might, it might be many weeks until, you know, if you learn a new word from speaking with someone, it might be many weeks until you actually see that word again in a book or by listening to it on TV or something like that. So, If you do just kind of listen and read in the language, it's a lot of fun and it's got lots of other benefits, but it's there's no direct way of controlling how often you repeat the words that you're trying to learn. Okay, so for most people, that approach is going to be too frustrating because you're going to get overwhelmed very, very quickly. Okay, now, if you are very skilled at language learning or if you are at a high level in the language, then this it can work and it can be more beneficial but for most people that kind of thing of just listening and reading without any system is going to be too uncontrolled and you won't find yourself you'll find yourself getting frustrated because you don't see your new vocabulary enough now incidentally this system of kind of mass input is how children learn and it's also how you might learn if you go and live in another country and totally immerse yourself in the language uh you know by this is a kind of natural approach that that does work the problem is it just takes many many years and huge amounts of exposure to actually do it you know children take 16 years to learn to speak a language properly um, adults who move to another country usually don't learn the language but if they do and they do it this natural way it takes them a very very long time okay so us as kind of independent language learners who are looking for a quicker way we need to this is where we start to have to um, bring in some external elements and some control right so we've talked about this kind of mass input method how could we control that a little bit more well 
if the problem with a kind of endless listening and reading system is that you get overwhelmed with loads of new stuff all the time, then the next step is to start to control your input. Okay, so instead of always reading and listening to new stuff, we need to start reading or listening to the same things many, many times over. And then we start to have some semblance of control. Now, the most straightforward way of doing this is with dialogues in your textbook. Um, whatever textbook you use, you've probably got dialogues in there. And if you've got a textbook that's uh, a, good, you know, a good book and it's at a good level for you, then you should probably sit down and read a new dialogue and discover quite a few new words that you might want to learn and memorize. Okay, So the simplest way of introducing a repetition system there is to have a structure for coming back to that dialogue over a number of days or weeks. So one thing that uh, I'm doing at the moment, for example, in this new Cantonese material that I'm making, which is quite long dialogues, I simply come back to that same dialogue every day. And I, I wake up early in the morning and I sit down and I listen to that dialogue over and over again. And it's good because it's controlled. Um, rather than just listening to tons of new stuff, that one dialogue that contains all these new words that I'm trying to learn, I simply come back to it again and again and again, every day, um, over a number of days, and probably it's going to end up being over a number of weeks as well. And this is cool because this means that I just simply get more practice at seeing these words and trying to, to recognize them. Okay, And again, it's a combination of listening and reading. Now, the problem with this approach, the disadvantage of this approach, is that although it's very natural and you get to listen to lots of language in context, which is good, the problem is you start to learn the text. Okay, You start to learn the text, which means you, you know what's coming. Okay, Before you get to that new word, you, you already know it's coming and you know the meaning. And so it stops becoming a kind of very effective test for your memory because you, you simply learn to anticipate the words that are coming up, which is not the same thing as actually having to kind of recall that word uh, on the spot in a conversation. And the reason is when you're looking at those words in a dialogue, you're seeing them in the target language and all you have to do is recognize them and remember the meaning. It's very different from having to know what you want to say in your mother tongue and recall the word in the target language. It's a very different, very, very, very different skill. And so this is why we end up in a place where we need to have a more controlled, direct system for actually practicing this vocabulary. So how can we do that? Well, sooner or later, for those words that simply don't stick, which is a lot of them usually, you're going to have to take them out of the dialogue and write them down somewhere. Make a list of some kind. Not because a list is a great language learning tool, but because you've got to, you've got to have a, a record of these words that you want to learn. And once you've got that, that list of words, then you can start to do things with them. And there's many different techniques you can use. You can, for example simply read that list of words over and over until you remember it. <laughs> it's not a very advanced technique. It's uh, usually called rote learning. Some people really like it. Most people have a horrible memories of that from school. Uh, but nevertheless, a lot of people find that rote learning can be very effective. You could take that list of words into your next lesson with your teacher and say, teacher, I want to practice these specific words and then send it over to them in a in the Skype chat box or, or, or whatever, and then base your lesson around those words. That way you get to practice and use them a lot. You could take those words and start to make sentences with them, write a little monologue and then memorize it. So there are 
all these ways that you can start to actually like reliably repeat the vocabulary that's going to help you learn it. So this is much kind of better and much more of a targeted way of learning. But there's another problem with this, which is that you will probably find, unless you're kind of a very experienced language learner, that this is still a little bit hard because the onus to control this review system which means how often do you review each word and when is a hundred percent on you. You are the person that has to control when you're going to review and practice these words. And when you're, when you're trying to learn hundreds or thousands of words and you've got a crazy, you know, life going on around you, you know, with the, you know, family and work and all these other things you're trying to do, it can be very, very difficult to actually have a, a system that you can control and trust and so that you can kind of reliably review these words on a regular basis. Like this is in many ways, the toughest thing about language learning. We've all got memories that work. Often the hardest thing is actually controlling our day-to-day -day study process because life gets in the way. So it's in this situation. And for this reason that flashcards and other kind of review software like uh, memorize or apps like uh, Duolingo or Scritter for Chinese characters, for example. It's for that reason that these apps are so popular because they take all of the thought out of the review process, out of the repetition process, and make it much easier for you. Now, obviously, taking the thought out of things is not always a good thing. It's not always what we want. But remember, if you've been through the art formula, you've already done the hard work, which is to is to pay attention to those words and make associations. That's the hard work. You've done that already. For the repetition, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of seeing those words, using those words enough times until they stick. And for that, you you, you know, technology can do that for you. you. You don't need to manage that yourself. And so that's why these why things like flashcards and other apps that use uh, a kind of automatic repetition algorithm are so popular and so so helpful now when you put the let's say you've taken these new words that you want to learn out of the dialogue and you put them in your flashcard app or into, into memorize or anki or something like that all you have to do is spend a bit of time on it each day because the app and the algorithm the software will take care of bringing back these words for you to look at on a regular basis so Hopefully this has shown you why, you know, whether you love or hate technology for this kind of thing, this, it, this hopefully has shown you why the issue of repetition is, is important and the kind of challenges that it's, uh, that it, that it poses. Lots of people have this kind of love hate relationship with, <laughs> with flashcards. They kind of know that they understand kind of why it's useful, but they don't enjoy it or they find it's for them. It just doesn't work. But again, that's why I just want to repeat this fact that if you are using the art formula, then a couple of things should be clear to you at this point. The first part of the process is attention. Okay, and this is the deep thinking that you bring to each word, each word, each word, word. Identified a word you want to learn, you've really spent time with it, played with it, made these associations, given it meaning for you in your life. That's what you've done first. Before you even start to review or repeat anything, you've brought your attention to the word. That's the first step. The second step then is a repetition. 
And this is where you simply see this word, bring it back many, many times. The repetition is not the memory strategy. Okay, let's be clear. The repetition is not the memory strategy. The memory strategy is what you do in your head before. It's the associations that you make. It's the deep thinking that you do. All right. So to put it another way, things like flashcards or memorize or whatever should not be used to kind of just hammer in new words like these Japanese school kids on the train until they remember them. That's not what you should be using them for. Although that's what many people do, which I think is why flashcards have a bad name sometimes. Using technology is simply a system to kind of store and organize this vocabulary you want to learn and then periodically bring it back for you to see so that you can reinforce those associations that you've made in your mind and commit them to your long-term memory. All right. So it's your memory and your mind still does all of the heavy lifting, all of the hard work. It's the technology that just facilitates it. All right. Now, there are m many very powerful systems that actually ditch technology altogether. So uh, I've mentioned flashcards and memorize th and things here, but there are actually all kinds of other great systems that don't rely on technology, but they do have a, a specific review system and they rely more on the power of the mind. So, for example, you've got the gold list method which uses a system of two-week intervals. So you, you look at words and you, then you don't see them for another two weeks. And you've got memory palaces, which have a system of location-based recall. So you actually kind of imagine yourself in your mind walking through a physical space that helps you recall those words. So th there's many ways, like flashcards is the example that most of us are most familiar with, but there's all these other great things which we can talk about in the future. I don't have time to go into all of those today and what they are, but... Just remember, whatever system you use, the most important thing before you do anything else is to make sure you've brought your attention to the word and done that deep thinking. All right. So next time that you find yourself sitting down to repeat or review your words, just think, have you done, have you been through the art process? Have you brought your attention to it? And then if you have, then the repetition process should simply be a question of going back and reinforcing those associations. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of stuff. Hope that was interesting. This is really, really foundational stuff. And if you can, if you can start to master this process of combining thought and attention with repetition, then you you get into a very, very powerful place where 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 your memory, well, you're in control of your memory. Okay, so we've covered the first two parts in the art technique. We've covered attention. We've covered repetition can you guess what the third part is i don't think anyone got this right actually when i put it out on twitter no one guessed what t stood for they kind of got uh, they got the right sentiment but not not exactly the right the right word so if you have any guesses go ahead and let me know if you'd like to leave any comments on this if you'd like to let me know what you think or to ask any questions you can go to the show notes which are at iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 142 now it goes without saying that you should come back for the third episode, which will be uh, released in a few days, so that you can get the, the complete picture of, of the art technique. And I'll be showing you exactly how you can take this forward over the next few weeks and practice this in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that makes sense and is really easy for you. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.